Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for the online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we're continuing our reading in Chapter 23, The War Against Yourself, with Section 3, The Laws of Chaos. And we're reading the second half of that. At the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Today being Lesson 255. This day I choose to spend in perfect peace. And uh, so I think just very briefly to get us started, (laughs) as much as as I don't want to even look at this section. (laughs) Okay. Um, Just a very short review of the laws of chaos as laid out in the first half in yesterday's reading. Uh, The quote-unquote laws of chaos. Um, the first one is, is that the truth is different for everyone. And the second law is that each must sin and deserve, therefore deserves attack and death. This also demand that errors call for punishment and not correction. And the third one um is uh is that we know what's going on, and we'll tell God how it is and uh if God cannot be mistaken, then he has to he has to take our word for it and the fourth one is that uh, value is gotten by taking it. The fourth one is that we have what we have taken. And then the fifth one, fifth principle here is that uh, blame and attack are justified and uh, they and guilt are, uh, are the substitute for love. So, um, to get us started with the reading, um, I am going to start 
with uh, a little bit of 30 and 31, and actually read the 32, which is our first assigned mm-hmm. paragraph. And then from there, we'll just continue stair-stepping from 32. Does so, Lori have an opening? Pardon? Does Lori have, does Lori have an opening? Yeah, thank you, Ida. I was kind of just getting ready to just plunge in. Um, well, let me ask, Lori, do you have an well, opening either way for this call this morning? Either, either way is fine. Um, but yeah, I, I do have a poem that uh, reflects how I'd like to spend my day in peace anyway. And it's a poem from Sam Yao called Inner Garden. There was a time you worried people would not be kind, that life would deal you a bad hand. There is a garden inside of you. You are its caretaker. You can plant flowers of love. You can sow seeds of wisdom. When your garden is safe, your world is safe. When it is beautiful, your world is beautiful. When it is peaceful, you become a peacemaker. Your happiness comes from within. No one can take it away from you. When you are full inside, you see the half full in the world and fill it. You see the best in others, so they show their best to you. People will be drawn to you. Events will coalesce into what you envision. Your outer journey takes you to the four corners of the earth. Your inner one traverses across the universe. Tend your garden well. Live inside out. The world you experience is within you. This day I choose to spend in perfect peace. Amen. Beautiful. Oh, I Thank, love you. That. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Lori. Wow. <laughs> How to live your life. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Awesome. God, that Thank was you. so great. Was it Sam Yee? The author. Uh, Yao. Yao. Uh, spelled Y-A-U. Oh, I love it. Thank Sam. you. Yeah. <coughs> uh-huh. I love sharing it. Love Thanks, you. guys. Thank you, Ow. Great love. Me too. Beautiful. I was just outside looking at my garden, thinking, oh, it's time to bring in the brown-eyed Susans. They're beginning to fade. Let's bring in the beautiful ones and be at peace about the ones that have lived their lives and are now going on to another dimension, the spirit of the plant. Nothing dies. Everything is all one, and therefore I am in perfect peace. Thank you, Miss Laurie. Beautiful poem. Um, I just have a request. This is Mindy Lemoyne. If you want, right before we start, just to state those laws of chaos just one more time briefly, I would love it because it will set up the, the next reading. And thank you both. Okay. Welcome, Mindy. Um, let me go over our... 
our big fat reading list here this morning. <laughs> okay, with this and uh, reading, I have Fran, Lori, Jennifer, Harrison, Robin Marie, Karen, Sandra, and Jessica. And with this and listening, I have Ida, Kristen, Lana, and uh, um, also Mindy. I didn't uh, catch. Jude. I'm Judy. Sorry, Judy. <laughs> Judy, well. Okay. Well, so here we are in the middle of this section, and I will quickly then go back through the laws of chaos, which, uh, you know, in the... As, it, as it, we get to later in the reading, there's no particular order here. They are chaotic. But um, the way they're laid out in the text, the first is the truth is different for everyone. The second law of chaos is that everyone must sin and deserves attack and punishment instead of correct. And error deserves punishment instead of correction. The third is that, you know, we know what's going on and we can tell God how it is. The fourth is that value is gotten by taking it. And the fifth is that blame and attack are justified as a substitute for love and guilt. Another word for that substitute. And that's where I'll, I'll start here at the end of 30. The substitute for love, born of your enmity to one another, must be salvation. It has no substitute, and there is only one. And all your relationships have but the purpose of seizing it and making it your own. And then 31, but never is your possession made complete. And never will your brother cease his attack on you for what you stole. Nor will God end his vengeance upon both, for in his madness he must have the substitute for love and kill you both. You who believe you walk in sanity with feet on solid ground through a world where meaning can be found, consider this. These are the laws on which you're so-called sanity, appears to rest. These are the principles which make the ground beneath your feet seem solid, and it is here you look for meaning. These are the laws you made for your salvation, and they hold in place the substitute for heaven you prefer. This is their purpose. They were made for this. There is no point in asking what they mean that is apparent. The means of madness must be insane. Are you as certain that you realize the goal is madness? 32. No one wants madness, nor does anyone cling to his madness if he sees that this is what it is. What protects madness is the belief that it is true. It is the function of insanity to take the place of truth. It must be seen as truth to be believed. And if it is the truth, 
than most its opposite, which was the truth before, be madness now. Such a reversal, completely turned around with madness sanity, illusions true, attack at kindness, hatred love, and murder benediction is the goal the laws of chaos serve. These are the means by which the laws of God appear to be reversed. And here do the laws of sin appear to hold love captive and let sin go free. So, Fran, would you read 32? Mm-hmm. Sure. 32. No one wants madness, nor does anyone cling to his madness if he sees that this is what it is. What protects madness is the belief that it is true. It is the function of insanity to take the place of truth. It must be seen as truth to be believed. And if it is the truth, then must its opposite, which was the truth before, be madness now. Such a reversal, completely turned around, with madness sanity, illusions true, attack a kindness, Hatred, love, and murder, benediction, is the goal the laws of chaos serve. These are the means by which the laws of God appear to be reversed. Here do the laws of sin appear to hold love captive and let sin go free. 33. These do not seem to be the goals of chaos, for by the great reversal they appear to be the laws of order. How could it not be so? Chaos is lawlessness and has no laws. To be believed, its seeming laws must be perceived as real. Their goal of madness must be seen as sanity. And fear, with ashen lips and sightless eyes, blinded and terrible to look upon, is lifted to the throne of love, its dying conqueror, its substitute, the savior from salvation. How lovely! Do the laws of fear make death appear? Give thanks unto the hero and love's son, who saves the Son of God for fear and death. Thank you, Brent and Lori. Well, see, I think you should back up one. These laws of chaos are the means by which the laws of God appear to be reversed. And here do the laws of sin appear to hold love captive and let sin go free. 33. These do not seem to be the goals of chaos, for by the great reversal they appear to be the laws of order. How could it be so? Chaos is lawlessness and has no laws. To be believed, its seeming laws must be perceived as real. Their goal of madness must be seen as sanity. And fear, with ashen lips and sightless eyes, blinded and terrible to look upon, is lifted to the throne of love. Its dying conqueror, its substitute, the savior from salvation. How lovely do the laws of fear make death appear, Give thanks unto the hero on love's throne who saved the Son of God for fear and death. And yet, how can it be that laws like these can be believed? There is a strange device that makes it possible 
nor is it unfamiliar. We've seen how it appears to function many times before. In truth, it does not function. Yet in dreams, where only shadows play the major roles, it seems most powerful. No law of chaos could compel belief, but for the emphasis on form and disregard of content. No one who thinks that one of them is true sees what it says. Some forms it takes seem to have meaning, and that is all. Thank you, Lori. And Jennifer. 34. And yet, how can it be that laws like these can be believed? There's a strange device that makes it possible. Nor is it unfamiliar. We have seen how it appears to function many times before. In truth, it does not function. Yet in dreams, where only shadows play the major role, it seems most powerful. No law of chaos could compel belief, but for the emphasis on form and disregard of content. No one who thinks that one of them is true sees what it says. Some forms it takes seem to have meaning, and that is all. 35. How can some forms of murder not mean death? Can an attack in any form be love? What form of condemnation is a blessing? Who makes his Savior powerless and finds salvation? Let not the form of the attack on him deceive you. You cannot seek to harm him and be saved. Who can find safety from attack by turning on himself? How can it matter what the form this matters takes? Is it a judgment that defeats itself, condemning what it says it wants to save? Be not deceived, but madness takes a form you think is lovely. What is what is intent on your destruction is not your friend. Thank you, Jennifer. And Harrison. Thirty five. How can some forms of murder not mean that? Can an attack in any form be loved? What form of condemnation is a blessing? Who makes his Savior powerless and finds salvation? Let not the form of the attack on him deceive you. You cannot seek to harm him and be saved. Who can find safety from attack by turning on himself? How can it matter what 
the form, this madness takes. It is a judgment that defeats itself, condemning what it says it wants to say. Be not deceived when madness can take a form you think is lovely. What is intent on your destruction is not your friend. <clears throat> 36. You would maintain and think it true that you do not believe these senseless laws nor act upon them. And when you look at what they say, they cannot be believed. Brothers, you do believe them. For how else could you perceive the form they take with content such as this? Can any form of this be tenable? Yet you believe them for the form they take and do not recognize the content. It never changes. Can you paint rosy lips upon a skeleton, dress it in loveliness, pat it and pamper it, and make it live? And can you be content with an illusion that you are living? Thank you, Harrison. And Robin Marie. 36. You would maintain and think it true that you do not believe these senseless laws nor act upon them. And when you look at what they say, they cannot be believed. Brothers, you do believe them. For how else could you perceive the form they take with content such as this? Can any form of this be tenable? Yet you believe them for the form they take and do not recognize the content. It never changes. Can you paint rosy lips upon a skeleton, dress it in loveliness, pet it and pamper it, and make it live? And can you be content with an illusion that you are living? 37. There is no life outside of heaven. Where God created life, there life must be. If any state apart from heaven in any state apart from heaven, life is illusion. At best, it seems like life. At worst, like death. Yet both are judgments on what is not life, equal in their inaccuracy and lack of meaning. Life not in heaven is impossible, and what is not in heaven is not anywhere. Outside of heaven, only the conflict of illusion stands, senseless, impossible, and beyond all reason, 
and yet perceived as, e- as an eternal barrier to heaven. Illusions are but forms. Their content is never true. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Karen. 37. There is no life outside of heaven. Where God created life, their life must be. In any state apart from heaven, life is illusion. At best, it seems like life. At worst, like death. Yet both are judgments on what life is, excuse me, yet both are judgments on what is not life, equal in their inadequacy and lack of meaning. Life not in heaven is impossible, and what is not in heaven is not anywhere. Outside of heaven, only the conflict of illusion stands, senseless, impossible, and beyond all reason, and yet perceived as an eternal barrier to heaven. Illusions are but forms. Their content is never true. 38. The laws of chaos govern all illusions. Their forms conflict, making it seem quite possible to value some above the others. Yet each one rests as surely on the belief the laws of chaos are the laws of order, as do the others. Each one upholds these laws completely, offering a certain witness that these laws are true. The seeming gentler forms of the attack are no less certain in their witnessing of their results or their results. Certain it is illusions will bring fear because of the beliefs that they imply not for their form, and lack of faith in love in any form attests to chaos as reality. Thank you, Karen. And Sandra. 38. The laws of chaos govern all illusions. Their forms conflict, making it seem quite possible to value some above others. Yet each one rests as surely on the belief the laws of chaos are the laws of order as do the others. Each one upholds these laws completely, offering a certain witness that these laws are true. The seeming gentler forms of the attack are no less certain in their witnessing or their results. Certain it is illusions will bring fear because of the beliefs that they imply, not for their form. And lack of faith in love in any form attests to chaos as reality. 39. From the belief in sin, the faith in chaos must follow. It is because it follows that it seems to be a local a logical conclusion, a valid step in ordered thought. The steps to chaos do follow neatly from their starting point. Each is a different form in the progression of truth's reversal. 
leading still deeper into terror and away from truth. Think not one step is smaller than another, nor that return from one is easier. The whole descent from heaven lies in each one, and where your thinking starts, there must it end. Thank you, Sandra. And Jessica. Thanks, Lemoyne. I just have to adjust my screen. Um, Okay. 39. From the belief in sin, the faith in chaos must follow. It is because it follows that it seems to be a logical conclusion, a valid step in ordered thought. The steps to chaos do follow neatly from their starting point. Each is a different form in in the progression of truth's reversal, leading still deeper into terror and away from truth. Think not one step is smaller than another, nor that return from one is easier. The whole descent from heaven lies in each one. And where your thinking starts, there must it end. 40. Brothers, take not one step in the descent to hell. For having taken one, you will not recognize the rest for what they are. And they will follow. Attack in any form has placed your foot upon the twisted stairway that leads from heaven. Yet any instant it is possible to have all this undone. How can you know whether you chose the stairs to heaven or the way to hell? Quite easily. How do you feel? Is peace in your awareness? Are you certain which way you go? And are you sure the goal of heaven can be reached? If not, you walk alone. Ask then your friend to join with you and give you certainty of where you go. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader who would like to conclude with 40? I can do it, Lemoyne. Thank you. Forty. Brothers, take not one step in the descent to hell. For having taken one, you will not recognize the rest for what they are, and they will follow. Attack in any form has placed your foot upon the twisted stairway that leads from heaven. Yet in any instant... It is possible to have all this undone. I love that. Yet in any instant, it is possible to have all this undone. How can you know whether you chose the stairs to heaven or the way to hell? Quite easily. How do you feel? Is, it, is 
peace in your awareness. Are you certain which way you go? Are you sure the goal of heaven can be reached? If not, you walk alone. Ask then your capital friend to join with you and give you certainty of where you go. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And, uh, yeah, um, we've got a few minutes before the top of the hour. And so, uh, I can open the floor for a short chair or two before the lesson. Hi. This is Ida. I have a question. When it says at the end, um, ask your friend to go with you, do I have to ask my friend out in, in physical words to go with me? Or can I just ask him in my mind to go with me? Because I want to turn from hell to heaven, but I'm not sure about this. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, this is just go ahead is friend is capitalized so that tells me that he's talking about my heavenly friend the Holy Spirit to join with me and give me certainty of where I go. That's my take. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. This is Jennifer. Sometimes, for me, in the last decade, um, that meant getting some help because just to pursue a spiritual path um, could be just in my head and learning how to relate in the way that's being asked. I needed someone who has the Holy Spirit in, you know, very clear coming from them. I needed a relationship like with a counselor to help me to start um, undoing the illusion in my mind. And um, that's what it looks like in form. It's a relationship with someone who's equipped to help you undo the mess. Uh, Because paragraph 37 and 40, in order for me to be there, I needed help because my head was messed up. Messed up. And so I I got the help. So uh, for me, it's double. I had to, to bring it into the physical, all this, and even be here in this call this morning, I had to bring things into the physical. And I needed, sometimes it looks like a form of a very good psychiatrist, a very good life coach or counselor. But that's what I, I had to do uh, when, when you've been in some serious trauma and just can't get out by yourself. I pass. 
Well, thank you, Jennifer. Jessica, do you have something? Oh, yeah, thank you. Well, I just, um, now I want to say one other little thing, which is that um, uh, human helpers are wonderful, and I would just say that our capital F friend can let us know when we need to seek help from a human friend. Um, You know, uh, that's, that's, that's another function our the Holy Spirit has for us is to guide us to the help in the illusion that can get us where what we need the toward peace. But the other thing I wanted to say before was that, um, you know, it, where he says take not one step in the direction toward hell. It reminds me because then otherwise you won't recognize that you're doing taking the others. It reminds me so much of, um, you know, the the people I've worked with and people I've known, including myself, who might sometimes drink too much alcohol or something like that. Um, I always used to tell my clients, you know, the problem with drinking is that once you have that first drink, the second one seems like the most natural thing. And then, of course... It doesn't matter how many, you know, because by then your judgment is impaired. Your judgment is impaired. You you take one step and you don't. I like that analogy. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. May I share something quickly before we do the lesson, or shall I wait? Uh, Yeah, quickly. Peace is an inside job. I cannot seek peace outside of myself. It's merely a truce. I have to understand that peace is to be found within me. My friend, capital friend, is my true self. This is what I'm learning to know. To know myself is the goal of the course. Peace is a condition for knowing myself. I cannot seek outside anywhere for this peace and find it. This is something I've really, really learned to understand from the course. Amen. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. And I just want to add one thing that, uh, you know, he asked these questions about how can you tell which where you're at, whether it's, to put it in terms of form, ascent or descent, right? And uh, it says quite easily. And then the question, how do you feel? Is peace in your awareness? Are you certain which way you go? And are you sure the goal of heaven can be reached? And if, you know, those are a no or in any way deeply uncertain, then he's got the answer here. You walk alone. And so I I think this this last thing 
it does encompass everything that <laughs> the people have brought up that this is essentially the prayer to for our mind to be healed right to ask then your friend to join with you and give you certain of where you go um, this is this is the prayer for healing separation um, I thank you all for all your answers uh, the form is not important it's content right <laughs> anyway I'm I'm complete there and I'll turn to you now Brand, and ask you to lead us in the lesson ask everyone to give retention to Bran as uh, uh, yeah, we get an alternative to all this, all this madness. <laughs> anyway, would you please go ahead with the lesson, friend? Sure. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on is what is sin. And today's lesson is lesson 255, This Day I Choose to Spend in Perfect Peace. So I shall read some from What is Sin, and then we will go over to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. What is sin? Sin is insanity. The body is the instrument the mind made in its striving to deceive itself. Its purpose is to strive. Yet can the goal of striving change? And now the body serves a different aim for striving. What it seeks for now is chosen by the aim the mind has taken as replacement for the goal of self-deception. Truth can be its aim as well as lies. The senses then will seek instead for witnesses to what is true. All the while, the Father shines on him and loves him with an everlasting love, which his pretenses cannot change at all. We'll go over to the lesson now. This day I choose to spend in perfect peace. It does not seem to me that I can choose to have but peace today. And yet my God assures me that his son is like himself. Let me this day have faith in him who says I am God's son and let the peace I choose be mine today bear witness to the truth of what he says God's son can have no cares and must remain forever in the peace of heaven in his name I give today to finding what my father wills for me accepting it as mine and giving it to all my father's sons along with me and so my father would I pass this day with you your son has not forgotten you the peace you gave him still is in his mind and it is there I choose to spend today lesson 255 this day I choose to spend in perfect peace do our five minutes now
Lesson 255. This day I choose to spend in perfect peace. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Sam. Good morning, everybody. Mindy. Um, I notice sometimes when I meditate and attempt to allow peace to permeate me, I will for a moment have it. But there's a distinction between true peace and what is faux peace, F-A-U-X, peace, which is retreating from my brothers, retreating from myself, kind of going into an unconscious space. And uh, for me, um, that is one obstacle to peace, and I was noticing myself doing that. And, you know, especially if the body's tired or the mind is active with all kinds of stuff, it's... um, there's a real temptation to go into the faux piece, which is the separation from my brother and myself. And just going into this unconscious place where thinking is dimmed, um, but it isn't really a true connection with myself and being in the moment. And, you know, there there is true peace in being in the moment and connecting with whatever is happening. Um, Some people say peace cannot exist with pain. There have been times the body is in pain and then my mind tells me, oh, you can't be at peace. But when I join with it, like I said, peace is joining with, not running away from. When I join with my pain and I, I know that it's there for me, it's not being done to me, it's there for me. Um, there's, it's always a call for help, and it's, it's a part, an aspect of my being or my life that I'm not allowing to be part of the whole. Sure enough, I'll, I'll feel a feeling, I'll have an impression, I'll see the need for healing, I'll ask the Holy Spirit to, to heal it, or I'll just simply feel what I feel about it and let the thought come, you know, the next best thought. And my obstacle to peace is gone. All of a sudden the pain isn't there and I've actually gained peace from joining with rather than running away from something that seemed to threaten my peace. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Mindy, if you want to, I can be your friend. Like in the last paragraph, you can ask me to join with you if you want to towards peace. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. I accept. Hi, good morning, guys. It's Jude. Thank you, Mindy, for your share about pain. I've been working on it, working with it, letting it go. Um, 
the text reading today um, coupled with uh, the lesson today is um, takes me back to a few years ago when Lee and, and, and Michael were still on the on the call and because Mike and I both really love this expression um, putting lipstick rosy lips upon a skeleton because <laughs> since I've been reading the book every time I put on lipstick now I think of this this line in the course and how I'm not my body I am simply not a body that's you know to value my body to glorify my body or to denigrate my body my body is an, a, a neutral instrument of form and it's you know, as, as beautifully as Fran, you just help us with the lessons every day. I love you for it. Thank you. The, um, the idea of sin is inherent in identification with the ego's vow that I am the body, and it's something that I really have to flip because God created us as purely mind and spirit, and the illusion of the form of the body is part of the illusory nature of, of reality as we created it. We think we made it, but it's not as God created it. And, you know, coming right out of the laws of chaos, um, Lemoyne, I love the way you recapitulated them, you know, telling God, telling God what we think is, is real and, um, you know, <laughs> that he's wrong. <laughs> ego's substantiation and validation every day and the ego's going to scream at me every day and say you are this body this is real and you know i i i have um i haven't completely transcended or left the body but i've 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 coupled it with the firm foundation of faith and trust that you know what mindy spoke of as a practice with my pain every day that I do get out of it, you know, that it, I can sit in a chair for five minutes and, and stand up and not have the pain that made me sit down and unable to walk with it. In five minutes of substantiating the truth, reaffirming to myself the truth of who I am, because it's, you know, one I'll be doing the dishes, standing at my sink, and I'll get a pain so sharp, it goes right down, and I'll think, Lord Jesus, that went right down through the center of the earth. That hurt so bad. And then I pray, remind me who I am. Who am I? And where is heaven? I choose heaven today. I choose peace today. I choose happiness today. And this is what saves me from the illusion of being in the body, of having to suffer pain. Let the end of suffering be. Suffering is not endless. We've convinced ourselves that it is. The Course is teaching us suffering is not God's will for us. There is no life outside of heaven. You know, that heaven is a state of mind, that I am an idea in the mind of God, and that's where he created life. That life isn't in the body. The body is born and it dies. It has a beginning and an end. We are eternal spiritual beings in a state of changeless grace. 
unalterable grace, unalterable perfection. And we've so denied it for so long that we believe all this other stuff is real. Now, I'm really wanting to let go of suffering completely, forever, for everyone. I want peace, the peace of God for everybody. I want suffering to end for everybody. I want everybody to have limitless joy and limitless peace, the peace of God. So I'm I'm really, um, you know, any state apart from being in heaven, life is an illusion. The The life that we call life on this earth, being human, is an illusion. Now, whether we're ready to accept that as 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 being false and not true, whether we're able to claim and recognize, accept and receive the truth of who we are and the treasures and the blessings. That's the choice I get to make today. I choose the ego and its thought system in the world and being a body, or I get to choose my perfection as God created me in heaven. And I'm going to hold on to that peace today. And I'm reminded, <laughs> because Harrison, you, you stressed it probably six times when we did the lesson, who walks with me? Who walks with me? My friend walks with me. Who walks with me on my way? My return to heaven. My friend to join with me and give me certainty of where I'm going today. I am already home. There's no striving or seeking. I just have to own it and claim it. I'm already accomplished in my creation. I was created as Christ. I am one with Christ. I don't have to join him in union because it is myself. And in heaven, not even the Holy Spirit is necessary. He's just a plus, like icing on the cake. Because in oneness, there is not two. There is only one. We are one. Amen. I'm complete. Thank you, Jude. Thank you, Jude. That's really great. Thanks, Jude. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Jude. Good morning. I'm wondering, can you guys hear me okay? Because I'm driving. Can you hear you? Sounds good, Sue. Oh, okay, sounds good. Yeah, I was listening to the reading earlier about this, anything that is not in heaven is not real. And I love that because what is this thing called heaven? For me, it's an experience of the peace inside of me. And I do see and observe sometimes I'm not in a peaceful state. I'm usually at battle with something I'm perceiving. And lately, I've realized, well, if I don't like what I'm perceiving, that's part of my kingdom. I'm part of, that's one of the members of my kingdom, and I'm the king of my kingdom. And the heavenly state, uh, can it, rather than being reactive, 
I can choose again. And this heavenly state I, is available to me right now. It's not in the future. It's not in the past. And what I do know is that I was born and I'm breathing. And when I die, I'll exhale and that'll be the end of it. I don't think about what that'll be like because it's a mystery. But I, now I can be in the heavenly state through minding my business. Somebody today, was she was skipping through the daisy, she said, when she realized <clears throat> that trying to solve her own problems is not minding her business. That's God's business. Yes, to notice it and then to give it to God or that peaceful place inside, which is not a concept. It's that experience of being with the peace that I'm sure we all know and feel. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Steve. I love that, Steve. I'm not even my own business. I'm God's business. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning. This day I choose to spend in perfect peace. I can't do that if I'm caught up in what seems to be happening in the world. How can you be at peace if you're thinking of war? I can be at peace if you're thinking of attack on yourself from others. How can you be at peace if you think you're living in this world of form, of body? As we look at Living on the path with this religion was stood out for me uh, with paragraph 37. And I think it's worth a reread. There is, it is emphasized, there is no life outside of heaven, period. Where God created life, their life must be where God created life. Their life must be in any state apart from heaven, life is illusion. In any state apart from heaven, life is illusion. At best, it seems like life. 
at worst like death. Sounds like he's talking about me as a body. Yet both lies death outside, apart from heaven. Yet both are judgment on what is not life. Equal in their accuracy and lack of meaning, life not in heaven is impossible. And what is not in heaven is not anywhere. Outside of heaven, only the conflict of illusions stands. Senseless, impossible, and beyond all reason, and yet proceed as an eternal barrier to heaven. Illusions are but forms. Illusions are only forms. The content is never true. Outside of heaven, only the conflict of illusions there. And I might add, only the laws of chaos rule. If I want to get beyond the, these crazy laws of chaos, that exists only in the illusion. If I want to get beyond those, I must accept the truth of who I am. I am the life that God created in heaven. That is the only life there is. I'm complete. Thank you, thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Do we we want to tell God what's what's going on here? <laughs> I love the way you summarized those thoughts of chaos, Lemoyne. It made me laugh. Oh, but to attack in any form, to attack in any form, I'm complete. I'm just, am I on mute? (laughs) No, we hear you. No, you're musing. I should be. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. I'm on mute now.
Good morning, this is Saga. <clears throat> and this day I choose, I choose to spend in perfect peace. And that word choose aligns with the word will. If it's my choice, I will that it be. And my will determines my perception. So if I'm not feeling peaceful, and peace is the opposite of chaos, it has an opposite frequency than chaos does. <clears throat> so if I'm not experiencing the peace, then my will has determined that I'm going to align with the ego, and so I'm I'm not accepting God's plan for salvation. I'm thinking there's something wrong, and so I'm agitated and fearful, possibly. And I'm not accepting God's plan for my salvation, which is whatever circumstance I'm in. If I, and if I'm not accepting God's plan for my salvation, somebody's not muted. If I'm not accepting God's plan for my salvation, then I'm, then I'm not experiencing peace. I'm thinking that there's something wrong and I'm thinking that I need to fix it, which is also going to create more chaos. It's possible that I could think that there's something wrong, but that's my cue to turn it all over to Holy Spirit and come back into a peaceful place. Once I truly turn it over, I have peace. It's when I turn it over and then take it back again that I start to get agitated again and, and, and get more chaotic. And I grew up in a family where it was always about looking good. You know, it had to look good on the outside. I knew what was going on on the inside with my family, but they sure did look good from the outer appearance. So it was like... <clears throat> they weren't interested in the content. They were just interested in the form, looking good. And just knowing that it's all about, it's all coming from inside out, knowing that I have access to the peace of God simply by going within and, and, and turning to the Holy Spirit and turning to God to define who I am and what I am. And to get excited about my circumstances because that is my salvation. My circumstances are the gateway to my freedom, whatever they are, no matter how crazy they might get. If I can go into it with a, with a sense of excitement like, oh boy, God's got a plan here. I don't know what it is. It feels chaotic. It looks chaotic. But I know that God is present. So only good can come from it, from the situation, the circumstance. I may not see it immediately, but if I stick with the Holy Spirit and stay in that peaceful place of letting the Holy Spirit um, get rid of the chaos, create more peace. But again, it's my will that does that. I have to surrender to God's plan. And when I surrender, I feel peace. I'm complete. That's beautiful, Sandra. 
Thank you. Really good. Excellent. Yeah, really good. Oh. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Hey, uh, I'd like to thank I'd you, like Sandra. Everybody's is everybody done? Um, going back to the first few paragraphs of the um the laws of chaos and you know the the title of the chapter is War Against Myself and the laws of chaos and how that works within me. You know, that um I'm I value um I have a, a hierarchy of values in the illusion of this life. The the illusions of you know, God I so identified with what you shared, Sandra, about it looking good on the outside, you know, coming from a, a you know, classic dysfunctional um, family, alcoholic family, and all the, the chaos that, you know, was happening at home, but dressed up and looked really good from the outside. And, you know, that was, that was, that was um, you know, we're only as sick as our secrets. And you can't hide secrets like that, you know, that that loss of peace and then trying to live as a as a loving, peaceful peaceful person when you got all these inner conflicts and that the conflict is within me and um sense of opposition. What's true here? What's what's the truth and what's the big fat lie? What's the big fat elephant going on inside of me here? Um, and I'm not referring to my growing up in that household anymore. I'm just, I'm just saying the 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 self deception within Judy that wants to maintain she's a separate self and uh, in a body, and that the pain validates because of its regularity. You know, it's reliable. I, I'm great. When I get up in the morning, I do my meditation. I'm peaceful in a state of bliss and love. And, and then I stand up, and it's like, what? <laughs> I'm fine if I lay in bed all day. But we have this curriculum. Now, the curriculum, is the curriculum the, the letting go of the illusion or validating the illusion? You know, I, I, um, I'm really... You know, where's the rubber meeting the road here? And, you know, Harrison double-stressing this. There's no life outside of heaven. Heaven is a state of mind, that I have a state of mind that is includes my body and it includes everything in the world in it. And I can look at my body and, and only my mind gives it its purpose. And whether I'm attacking the pain in my body, not accepting and loving the pain in my body has been a very big challenge for me that, you know, it, it, I say it disables me. I say it's, it's making me feel, it's making me do. And the Course says, no, you can't do, lay that blame, shame, guilt, on your body, your body's neutral. It's not who you are. It's an instrument. It's merely an instrument. It's an instrument of perception. 
and how my body is perceived is a part of my soul and spirit, spirit's mind, to judge lovingly, without blame, without shame, without guilt. It, the soul doesn't do that to me. And that's, you know, that stepping back, Jude steps, like Steve said, right out of the picture. Judy is God's business. Judy can't figure it out. Judy can't fix Judy. I can't fix the broken instrument with the broken instrument. Judy's egoic thinking is a broken instrument. So I'm really, I'm right here along with everybody. We're all trying to just know we're in heaven while we're thinking we're somewhere else. (laughs) So I'll do whatever I need to do today, and God bless you all. Let's all stick together and just know that we are happy, joyous, and free and can be in any holy rolling instance. I, I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Judy. I love you, too. Amen, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Thank you very much. <laughs> you brought out that thing about painting rosy lips upon a skeleton and I I just wanted to say something and and I got this I'm not sure where it's from I think it's from either Course in Miracles or Course of Love where he says you know we're pretty quick to treat all the evidence what we think of as evidence and for fear and cause for fear uh, that everything that's written in that vein we tend to think of that very literally and then take the talk of heaven and love and make it allegorical and a fairy fairy and you know I do not think he's talking about an actual skeleton here when he's talking about painting rosy lips. I think he's talking about these beliefs that perpetuate the chaos. Um, And and they're all some form of separation. They're founded on that. And, uh, you know, as such, it's... uh, these you know it's it's our belief that it's that it's real that you know we the line before yet you believe them for the form they take and do not recognize the content and that and then it says it never changes and I, that applies <laughs> both to the uh, you know, the negative content described here and the positive content, they, they don't really change. The, the truth is the truth and illusion is illusion. And so, you know, these uh, these attempts to make sense of life as, in separation are 
are uh, are that skeleton, I believe. And you know, we can't. We think we have to make these kinds of compromises to survive, but it's really just the belief in our minds that holds it, holds that need in place. The real need is for giving and receiving, uh, giving and receiving from the well of spirit. And that, that's our real need, our only need, and it's completely shared. So it, it can be met by, I think, by this focus on content over uh, actual, real, true content of life over the forms that we think we have to meet to survive in a world where we think we're alone. It's, it's the content of that form that's what's real here. Anyway, I'm complete there. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Lamoine. That was very clear. That was excellent. Really clear. Thank you. Yeah, Lamoine, thank you for that. I, you know, had this in my morning meditation that this is not a self improvement program. And it's not even a, you know, a reconciliation or a remediation program. We, we are and have always been created perfect. That, that we haven't recognized it or acknowledged it or claimed it is, is the only mistake that we've made, that we think we're something we're not, and that, you know, we think we have to put lip, lipstick on a skeleton. We have to improve the body. We have to improve the ego. We have to make the ego good because the ego's bad, and that's the nonsense. It's not about fixing up. Our, our illusion of ourself in the dream. It's recognizing that we're dreaming these dream roles in the dream. And, you know, the text, I don't know, somewhere in this Law of Chaos, chaos part, it, it talks about that um, hero. The hero made a refer- reference to the, to the hero. Where is that? <laughs> Here, the role of the hero. It's in paragraph 33. We give thanks unto the hero. Give thanks unto the hero on love's throne who saved the capital son of God for fear and death. <laughs> it's like, what? I mean, that's a real... Here, right, hit right between Jude's eyes. You know, this is what we do. We make the body hero. On God's throne, usurping the power of God, telling God what reality is and who we are, who we think we are, is real. So uh, this is powerful stuff. All right, I'll be still and breathe. And one thing else, that value, what is that? We have to value holiness above all else. And the memory of God comes to a quiet mind. It cannot come where there is conflict, where there is war. Peace unto you. I am complete. Thanks again, Judy.
Thank you, Judy. Good morning, it's Lana. Um, uh, I, I just wanted to um, thank everyone for their loving messages and texts and calls. I, I felt all your love the last few weeks, and um, I know it contributed to my healing. Um, and, uh, and it's really interesting today uh, reading the text about chaos and, and the beautiful lesson about this day I choose to spend in perfect peace. You know, um, uh, for me, uh, this idea of chaos is, um, for me, just some, it's just, it's, I just sum it up as a denial of truth. Um, anytime anything enters my awareness uh, that's not peace is chaos. Um, and um, it's the opposite of peace. It's part of that dualistic uh, confusion that makes my mind point to the idea that there can be, that there can exist a state other than peace. Um, that's the lie. Chaos is the lie. And um, the lesson really points to the truth for me that if I, I want it, I have to decide for it and not fight against it. And um, more and more I know and I realize with certainty and clarity that um, I'm intended to live a peaceful life regardless of what shows up in my body or the world or my relationships or um, my misinterpretations of what I see. Um, I'm intended to live a peaceful life. And um, I've been reminded over and over again that suffering is a choice. Also, I can choose to immerse myself in chaos and pain and value that, um, try to validate that, try to make it real. But um, peace, once I make the decision for it, once I acknowledge within myself that it's the only thing I want, um, it comes. And the body does what the body does. The world does what the world does. People do what people do. Um, and that has nothing to do with my decision for peace. Um, once I choose peace, it's given to me. But I can't be a time traveler um, and experience peace now. I have to bring my focus and awareness back to this and keep it fixed in this present moment because that's the only place that peace resides with me in God, in that relationship. So um, even though I've had a few body adventures the last few weeks, God has kept me in perfect peace. Um, 
he has brought to me the perfect messages, the perfect calls, the perfect love that sustained me. And, um, you know, I was having a conversation with my daughter the other day, and I reminded her because she was concerned about me, and I said, oh, no, 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 don't do that. I said, God has promised me that I will be in this body. I had asked him, please allow me to be in this body long enough to see my daughter happy and at peace. And then we had a chuckle because she said, well, Mom, you might live to be 100 then. Uh, and for that, I was, you know, happy to hear what it's truth. You know, it's um, God just provides for my every need in ways I could never imagine. And um, chaos is something I can play around in if that's my choice. But peace is also a lovely option when I choose it. And um, anyway. Uh, thank you so much again for everyone, for all your loving thoughts. I, I just love you all so much and happy to be back. I'm complete. Love you, Lana. And it's, I'm just so joyous to hear you today. Thank you so much. Yeah. Me too. So great to have you here. Thank you, Lana. Good to hear from you. Thank you. I'm trying trying to decide whether to share anything. Um, I've been in the rehab center now. This is a week today. And most of the time, uh, most of the day and night, I'm in my hospital bed here, and there's a TV in the room. But I'm not a, a big fan of TV. I've tried. But just little things that are not so little maybe get to me. And I'm supposed to arrange for my cat to be taken care of by somebody else to move to a different home. And the lady that was supposed to help me with that, who's a social worker at my doctor's, she really didn't help me. And she just sort of handed it, put it in my lap yesterday. And um, now I'm nervous about that, um, how it will all work out with um, with finding him another home or getting him into the Humane Society shelter here and the the, the details of all that. And, you know, I have to overcome my own mood or whatever and, I guess, borrow a pair of reading glasses and look at my my little phone when at 10.30 in a couple, two and a half hours I'm talking about, um, I can go with the people that are going to sit there and play a Yahtzee game or something and there's a table there and I can look at the website for the Humane Society during that. I I mean, I figure I'm making these plans, you know. Um, And it's all, it's like I feel like everything that I'm about right now is against 
what we read. It's it's with the body. It's with the personality. It's, you know, and everything. But there's no point in my beating myself up because I'm doing the best that I can. And anything that anybody would say that would be helpful would be would be helpful. Thank you. Hi, this is Jennifer. Good morning. Um, one thing that just came to mind was when I can just stay open and think of what I do want. Um, one other thing, maybe maybe someone where you're staying would like to have your cat. You never know. Hi, Ida, it's Sandra, and I have not been in your predicament, so I, I'm not sure if I could offer as much compassion as I'm feeling for you, but when I was in a really dark night, I said this mantra, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how bad it feels, God is present here, and only good can come from this situation. I'm complete. That is beautiful, Sandra. What a beautiful expression of trust. Thank you. Yes, loved it. Thank Thanks, you, Sandra. Sandra. I am um, with you on on this this um, this fear of not knowing what's going to happen, and this fear of not having any control or being able to handle things. This um, this fear I've come to recognize as Jude reliance. Jude's got to know. Jude's got to figure it out. Jude's got to have the answers. Jude's got to be able to do it on her own. And that's a whole lot of fear going on. Um, and letting that go is, is, is Jude really putting her faith and her trusting and that she's never been alone doing anything and that the universe has always conspired for her for being anywhere, in any place, at any time. And she's always been in the right place at the right time with the right people, you know, for some reason this morning the idea is we do not get to choose the curriculum has been you know repeated in my head of more than a few times that we do not get to choose the curriculum but we as a part of the Christ consciousness get to see this hero Jude in the dream trying to respond to this curriculum which is the world Judy and her body, and I'm so glad to hear hear your voice, Lana. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know the the Jude's body is having adventures, and the world 
in the world, and the world's having its adventures, and, you know, the totality of that unreality and the reality of who I am and its loving response to it, that I am above the battleground with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, with God in one consciousness, looking on this illusion of a reality and not being afraid not being afraid because I have faith in the truth of who I am. And that's what enables me to remember not to forget to laugh. That I am really giving it all too much seriousness. And that where I'm sitting right now really is just merely that. I'm really just where I'm sitting right here right now. And I'm if I'm thinking that I need to use what Judy's got alone, that's a pretty scary place. But I have the power and the magnitude and the limitless power. There's nothing impossible for God. But what God does with this, this totality of illusion isn't personal. It's not something happening to Judy alone. And that takes... You know, Judy to not taking it so personally, not taking it herself so seriously. Because I'm not the only one that's ever had pain. I'm not the only one that's had a body. <laughs> it's like we're all going through the same curriculum. But the idea that we're doing it alone or that, you know, we we are not alone in any of this. And... um just laugh, laugh, laughing is um, such a good way to take the um, the pride and the puff out of the ego and thinking it has to manage or control anything. Oh, it's, it makes me suffer, too, still. So I'm with you. Love you. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And um, uh, I think I'll keep my thoughts kind of um, brief, uh, but I hope I can convey what I want to say. It was um, more than 32 years ago that upon returning to my own consciousness, I heard my voice say, I am home. I'm home. And the joy I felt was nothing short of bliss. The direct experience of being home. But I had never heard of The Course in Miracles before. And I did not understand what happened. <laughs> I mean, I knew, I knew everything I thought before that moment was wrong. And I knew um, that I had undergone a major uh, shift in everything I ever thought was true. But I didn't know what it meant. So I went searching, you know, all the world's sacred literature trying to figure out what the heck, you know, happened because I have been so convinced before I understood truth and 
and that incident showed me I understood nothing. I ponder, you know, I am home. What is home? I didn't know I was wandering, and you know, <laughs> all kind of crazy stuff. But um, anyway, a number of years later, by grace, I came upon the Course in Miracles, and I knew then. Uh, I knew then what happened to me. But that was 32 years ago, <laughs> and uh, in the intervening years, uh, I've learned a lot. It would seem, um, but in point of fact, what I've done is unlearn a lot of stuff uh, that that cluttered up my mind. I mean, cluttered, 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 cluttered. In this work, he says, life is of the mind and in the mind. I especially like paragraph 35. There is no safety in thoughts of attack whether they're blame, condemnation, judgment, or separation, because you do not realize the content of these thoughts is judgment where? Judgment in my mind. Judgment in my mind. And so the reason I liked um, that poem, Inner Garden, and this lesson so much is it shows me the power of my choice. When I have thoughts that aren't true, life is of the mind, you know? And these thoughts that aren't true, thoughts of illusion, thoughts about form, thoughts about behavior, thoughts about actions, thoughts about what people say and what I hear people say, and, and all these thoughts, what they do is they clutter up my mind because life is in the mind and of the mind and the mind being part of God is holy and everything is mind you know heaven is a state of mind thank you for that Judy and there is no life outside of heaven so he says, what are, the, what, are the, what are the functions of the teachers of God? What is the function of the teachers of God? It is to recognize I'm dreaming. The function of the teacher of God is to recognize he's dreaming. You watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change. It doesn't matter what the forms are doing at all because there's one thing that's true. There's one thing that's true. Unity. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams. And so in these intervening years, I've realized that my thoughts create weather. And my thoughts of judgment and separation, my thoughts of deciding what your behavior means or what this object means or what this event means or what this situation means, making those decisions on my own creates extremely bad weather in my mind. And I will always project, always. Mind projects, by projection it lives. Mind cannot not project, he says. And if mind cannot not project, then what's my choice? To project illusions, mistaken thoughts, thoughts of separation, judgment, conflict, war, uh, that's what I'll see. 
but if my mind is anchored in the truth I am home I am home my holiness blesses the world he says your holiness reverses all the laws of the world to lesson 38 if I recognize I am home and I recognize that the thoughts I think I share with God then I'm going to watch my mind that's um, how I've learned that um, I like to say it like this the soul flies by itself it needs no guidance from me at all and it has two wings one is the wing of forgetting and the other one is the wing of remembering when I forget the thoughts that I taught myself when I thought I was alone and separate I remember the thoughts I think with God because they never went anywhere while I was dreaming they're still there in my mind he says thou will keep him in perfect peace his mind is stayed on thee why because he trusteth in thee thank you Lana for your testimony about peace and trust the unwatched mind he says is the content of all illusions that's the content of all my mistakes the unwatched mind but my mind holds only thoughts I think with God you know I used to think oh my god I have a whole bunch of thoughts I know God's not thinking with me but he wants me to know something really important that my mind holds embraces envelops remembers as the truth the thoughts I think with God the rest of them can come and go if I don't attach my mind to them they come they go they come they go they mean nothing the laws of chaos the purpose is to make meaningless but when I remember I'm home I remember the truth that I remember just like he says in paragraph 38 lack and lack of faith in love in any form attest to chaos is my experience the mind is cause the mind is cause the mind is cause the mind is cause all mistakes are in my mind forgiveness is a gift I give myself to clear my mistakes to let those thoughts go I don't want those I know they're not the truth because my mind holds only thoughts I think with God and that's what makes for peace that's uh, what creates the milieu of holiness in my mind the sense of presence that goes with me wherever I go uh, that can't leave me at all it never can leave how could a person how could a mind be separate from itself that's impossible I can pretend that by entertaining a lot of thoughts that I know my reason tells me my right mind tells me that's not true you know the unwatched mind is is the home of all illusion like I said the soul flies by itself two wings one forgetting all things I taught myself you know the other one is remembering everything I know is truth from my right mind 
that's what um, that's what keeps the awareness of home in my mind took a long time to, to get that man I'm a slow learner <laughs> I'm a real slow learner but um, that's what time's for right I'm complete thank you so much Lori oh that was lovely oh, thank you thank you thank you so much for me and thanks everybody who spoke before thank you that was beautiful thank you we may be slow learners but we're happy learners we don't have to learn through pain anymore (laughs) well that's for sure and what a what a release it is to to release a mistake huh happy doesn't it feels it does feel happy <laughs> yeah sorry Jude. yeah good you ahead. i wanted to share oh sorry judy go ahead i have to get off the phone thank you Marie. um after um ida support and help and sandra what she said i had the urge to repeat it but I couldn't get to the phone on time and I would like to do that because it was wonderful just for my benefit and everybody else's um, and it's easier to become a happy learner too so if I can remember and I don't know if Sandra's on the line but no matter how bad it looks no matter how bad I feel about it God is there and it is being worked out for my good Woohoo! <laughs> Talk about a declaration to be a happy learner in all circumstances. Uh, thank you, Sandra. Thank you for asking, Ida, because when you asked, we all got a gem in return. So thank you. I'm complete. Thanks. Thank you, Mindy. Thanks, Mindy. I was happy to hear that again. Thank you, Mindy. Yeah, thank you, Mindy. Good reminder that where Lori, you started there, it's, uh, just accept the acceptance that we are home, whatever the form is, or the appearance. We still remain what and where we were created <laughs> anyway i i'm complete um let me ask because we we have gone and split over time but i think that was all good uh Lori, do you have a poetic close for this call well Besides it's pretty hair. darn poetic <laughs> A pretty pretty darn poetic place I like to remember. Uh, it comes straight out of the beginning of this chapter. Aren't we in chapter 23? Yeah. In paragraph 6, nothing around you, nothing around you but is part of you. Look on it lovingly and see the light of heaven in it so you come to understand all that is given you 
in kind forgiveness will the world sparkle and shine and everything you once thought sinful now will be reinterpreted as part of heaven how beautiful it is to walk clean and redeemed and happy through a world in bitter need of the redemption that your innocence bestows upon it what can you value more than this for here is your salvation and your freedom and it must be complete if you would recognize it everything's part of me anyway thank you thank you All right, well, I'm going to end the recording, but not the call. We'll carry on um, at least to the top of the hour. And uh, thanks for being here, listening, sharing, and uh, here we go.